3: I would say we've always we're always trying to be aggressive. We're always trying to improve the team in any way we can. Whether that's a a play, a technique, uh, a personnel decision, um, whatever it is, You know, have to have a, a degree of flexibility. And and if you can capitalize on on an opportunity that's unexpected, then you know that
1: could be a that could be a good thing.
2: day after the 2020 season ended for the New England Patriots seven and nine, although if you took the temperature of the average football fan, not in the old-fashioned way, the new <laughs> way on the forehead, you, you would have thought they were three and 13. seriously last year right. They're not that far away from contending. And they're a little bit closer today than they were yesterday, Whoa. Christopher when we had this conversation. The naysayers will say, You can't buy a contending team in free agency. You definitely can't buy a championship. And a lot of these guys that were signed yesterday by the Patriots had career years in 2020, and maybe they'll revert to what they were before then. None of that matters for now. What matters for now is a franchise that through nearly 30 years of free agency had never done something like it did yesterday, did what it did yesterday, where they showed up. I remember a time that I got a birthday card that had five dollars in it. And my mom wasn't home and I took that five dollars and I took my friends to the drugstore where you used to get like sodas and candies and all kind of stuff. And I spent that five bucks and it was great. And I didn't have it the next day. That's what the Patriots did yesterday. They spent and they spent and they spent in an effort to make their team better than it was. Last year, whether or not it works, I don't
3: care. I'm just amazed to sit back and watch it happen. No, I'm with you. I mean, that was not something we kind of foresaw, right? I mean, we, we didn't know. They're usually a team that waits for that second week in free agency to where you go, okay, they let all the splash and sizzle guys kind of get out of the way and then they start to strike. But I mean, we kind of saw that yesterday too. It wasn't necessarily all stars and sizzle. It's like they went out and got a few stars that they liked and said, okay, we'll pay you, right? Matthew Judon, Jonu Smith. But then it's also, I think it's rare, It just they got the middle class guys on day one too, where they were like, no, we like them. They might be here a week later, but we're not going to wait right now. I mean, Jalen Mills, Devon Godshaw, Henry Anderson I don't know if like people I doubt they were the class of guys and, and free agency that people were beating down their doors and like we need a decision now but New England knew what they wanted and then that goes along with the offensive side of the ball too yeah Joe New Smith has star potential the other two guys Aguilar Bourne oh typical New England picks right there oh it's not Kenny Galladay why didn't we get him He's out a suit. These guys aren't superstars like him. Well, because these guys are just a little bit low for way less the price and are very versatile. So, total like New England day, yet it wasn't the New England way in free agency. Like that? Welcome to Tuesday morning. I, I, pro football time. I, I like that. But what <laughs> it also tells me
2: is two things. Yeah. First of all, they did a ton of work on this free agency class, deciding who it was they wanted, who right. it was they didn't want, and as you said, decided to be aggressive. And these deals just didn't fall together yesterday. John U. Smith's deal was the first domino that fell yes. for the Patriots. That These are all contracts that are negotiated before the negotiating window Opens. They don't just spontaneously pop up, and I think what the Patriots decided to do systematically over the course of the past several weeks during the traditional illegal tampering window, working on the agents of these players and making sure they understand, you better jump now because we've got this money budgeted today, and you're smart enough to call around and see what else is going to be out there for your guys It ain't going to get any better than what we have right now. If you don't take what we have right now, you're going to be standing around wondering where the hell the money is. And I think this year especially, it's a a unique combination of the Patriots having the cap space, the Patriots having the need, and the reduced cap space across the board allowing the Pats to squeeze hard right out of the gates saying, this is the offer, this is the deal. If you don't take it, you're the one that's going to have to explain to your client why he's ultimately doing a one-year deal for a hell of a lot less than what we're offering this guy right now. And I think that was part of it, too. So, hey, they, 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 they saw the unique rules and dynamics of this season, of this year, and they pounced. Now, whether or not their plan worked, we'll find out in September, but... It was so different from what we're used to seeing from the Patriots. I marveled at it. I, again, it I could do. be it could be a mistake. It could be a mistake, but it's still so strange and so unusual for these Patriots. And maybe it was just all born of desperation that Tom Brady made Bill Belichick look bad last year. Tom Brady's coming to town this year, and it's as simple as Bill Belichick saying, "I got to do something about this. I'm just going to go buy up everyone I want." I doubt it was that haphazard, but that factor. Makes it even more fascinating. They're girding against the inevitable visit of Tom Brady and now Rob Gronkowski back with the Bucks to New England this year.
3: Yeah, well, I mean, I, I, I'm not gonna like. I don't think they operate like that. I, you know, I don't think Belichick's like, oh man, Brady and the Tampa Bay got it. We got to compete. I just my my history with them, you know, following them. I don't think they get caught into that. They're kind of a machine, as you know, right? But I'd like to what you're saying. I think the aspect that is real, I mean, they haven't had to be in this position. I mean, they've, they, they haven't had to have a, a, a first day or second day like, hey, we got to go out there and be aggressive. For the last 20 years, we've gone, well, the Patriots look pretty good. They'll, they'll they'll be in the final four next year. You know, what do they need to do? This is the first time in a long time where we went, wait, things got to be done. They, they got to fix their football team. We knew that. Now we just didn't know the way they were going to approach it yesterday, and that's what I think is kind of cool. It's like Matt Judon and and I. I mean, I really like the moves. The way they're sitting there right now with the team that you know they kind of a, a, the guys they accumulated yesterday is pretty special. But I think what's cool is you got like first day the sizzle guys, and they had a plan where to like what you're saying, where they went, yeah, you guys aren't the normal first day guys, but we really want you. And here's a good amount of money, and you're crazy if you don't take this because I don't think this is going to be out there on the market. And I think they had a good feel for that to what you're saying, Mike, and that's where it's rare. It's like first day sizzle, but they got the second week guys that are kind of flying under the radar on that first day too because they want their team now. They have their eyes on these guys, and they're formulating their plan with Cam Newton at quarterback and going forward and trying to build, you know, get back on the winning track here in 2021.
2: On the offensive side of the ball, the needs were the most glaring, especially at the skill positions. But defensively, they beefed up, and they believed they had some holes to fill. You mentioned Judon, Davin Godshaw, defensive lineman that adds to things there in New England. Jalen Mills, you mentioned. And then you bring in Henry Anderson. They kept Dietrich Wise as well and uh and we know that 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 Bill Belichick on that side of the ball always finds a way to maximize the performance of whatever 11 guys he happens to have on the field and right. the flexibility the interchangeable parts and just make it work week in and week out game plan specific we're going to deploy our guys to do whatever needs to be done and and the the work for them is just beginning this is just the first day we're not even 24 hours into this negotiating window and There's names on that roster that may stay, may go. Stephon Gilmore continues to be a name that potentially could end up on the trade shelf and gone to another team. So they're working and doing what they have to do to make the team better. It was just fascinating to see that many guys, seven strangers to the team, seven of them, agree to terms on the first day of free agency. And when the dust settles, they're probably still going to have plenty of cap space left and the flexibility to make even more moves uh, so uh, Chris what, what did you think the, let's focus on the defensive side we rattled off the names. what do you think that does for this team
3: well uh, you I mean so like something you said it's the versatility aspect first off how many weeks that last year did we sit there and go they're just not big enough up front they're not going to be able to stop this team right I mean we probably said that Seven, eight times. If they can stop the run, if they can find creative ways to load the box, right? I mean, that was flaw number one on that defense. Oh, now you got Matthew Judon. Like, he's a, you know, Greek god outside linebacker slash defensive end who could do that. Henry Anderson, who could play defensive end slash defensive tackle. So, he's got that versatility there. And then a guy like Devon Godshaw, who's kind of flown under the radar, and, of course, knows what it takes to be in that New England system. Having come from Miami, he's going to have a feel for that. But been a really good player ever since he got in the NFL. This is always – ever since he got in the NFL from LSU. And and this has always been the guy the Patriots have found in their front. You know, it is that kind of the Lawrence guy types of the world, right? The Allen branches back in that day where you just go, oh, he's still – he's got value to a team. He's not a star, But, man, he's a good football player. And I think what they did there is we know they still got a good secondary, and now you helped out linebacker slash defensive line all in one day, and there's a lot of holes filled there along with the versatility to go with it. So Bill Belichick's got to be happy with at least some of the names that he's got on his defense right now. And, you know, yesterday we
2: had an item praising the Baltimore Ravens for always being sensitive to – compensatory draft picks, they sign a Kevin Zeitler who was cut by the Giants and his acquisition does not factor into the inevitable formula of gains and losses in free agency that determine next year's compensatory draft picks. Patriots are one of the other teams that is always very keen on playing that game, threading those needles, you know, trading for a guy with one year left on his contract, thinking that if he leaves in free agency, then that potentially helps us down the road. Very tactical and strategic in that regard. Th- that all went out the window yesterday. <laughs> that that Forget about compensatory draft picks next year. If you're going to round up seven guys on day one via unrestricted free agency, you have to lose at least eight To get any compensatory draft picks, if you go out and add seven, typically, so that that's another thing that breaks from character for the Patriots. This isn't about trying to to game the system to get more draft picks later. This is about gaming the system to get better players right now. I mean, Chris, there there, there's you know what what happens is we're, we're conditioned to accept whatever occurs and make sense of it. And just eh, well, okay, it has. Yeah, there's an urgency that borders on desperation that we saw play out yesterday. That really does make this. And I think the compensatory draft pick angle, where they're just like, screw it, who cares about that? Sure. That that to me makes this even more jarring. They completely threw out their normal playbook for free agency and everything that
3: goes along with it in an effort to get better. Right now. Yeah. It had to be done. I mean, what what do you, you know, again, we saw there's he's Bill Belichick and company. They're sick of, you know, having to coach the team up to such a degree where how many times did we see that last year where we went literally the Patriots played like the perfect game. They managed the perfect game and the offense, you know, kind of played the right way throughout the defense did the right things. And oh man, they won by three. Like, Gosh, that's hard living in the NFL. So it's time to get some players that you know you can do some different things with, and you don't always have to rely on you know being perfect with every call and every game plan. You know, good players give you a little wiggle room there. Also, give you wiggle room to try different things with uh, you know along your scheme that you might not with lesser players because you're afraid to. They might not be able to handle this. Do all those type of things. So, yeah, hey. I mean, Bill Belichick ain't getting any younger, right? I mean, I think you and I, I, again, I'm not trying to put a timeline, but I would think, you know, we're coming down the stretch here at some point for Bill Belichick. I don't expect him to be here 10 years from now. So I guess four to six years, something like that. I look at it, and he's trying to make a push here, certainly. And they needed it, and they had the resources. And really, like then, you know, you, you talk about the defense and then what they do on the offensive side of the ball. You know, with a Jonu Smith. Right, they got some young tight ends there that are talented, but now you got Jonu Smith. Same thing as the as the defense, Mike. It's you know he's a tight end, he's a slot receiver, he's a fullback, he can do everything. So now they can create mismatches with those formations, and then that goes for Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne. You know those are those guys too. Hey, got explosive ability on the outside where they can they can scare you and they can make a big play, but they can do everything else too. They can play the slot, they can play Z, they can play X they can run over the middle. They're good route runners. Yet there's enough explosive playability to where you just can't, you know, tag them to route running all the time. So that's again, it's the Patriot way as far as the players they got. Where you go, "Well, man, they're going to be able to do a lot of different things with this group when they get on the field." And I think that's what's got to be exciting for, you know, New England, the coaching staff, and I hope the fans are excited. You know, I it seemed like on social media fans were a little bit why didn't we get you know Kenny Galladay and those type of stuff? That's just not New England's way. That's not what they do, and I'm not surprised by that. I I, I like these players. They're really good.
2: Well, and Galladay, a guy waiting for a major payday, the yeah. kind of major payday he didn't get in Detroit, you're not going to get him. That tactic isn't going to work on him no. of here's a contract that you're not going to get right. from anyone else. You're not going to get later. I mean, Nelson Aguilar, wasn't that long ago that the guy was – busting on him about yeah. catching babies out of the window in Philadelphia. Right, and we didn't right. drop the baby like Aguilar did. He goes <laughs> right. to Las Vegas and has a quietly solid season. How often when you're watching the Raiders last year, do you see 15 pop for, for the, all for the, the time, he, right? He had a very solid season. They wanted to bring him back, but, Two years, twenty six million. Now again, beware these numbers that we hear, because these numbers are always coming from agents who are trying to puff up the numbers and expand their practices. And I wait to to, to say it's definitive until we actually see the contracts. But on the surface, thirteen million a year for a guy who was regarded as a first round ugh, not yeah. not full blown right. bust, right? But not a guy the Eagles felt compelled to keep around, Chris and he has that one season with the Raiders, and all of a sudden he's getting an eight-figure per year salary. Even if it's not 13, I'd say there's not $3 million per year of fluff in there. He's getting paid. No, he and, is. And, uh, you know, he he instantly becomes the best receiver they have, and Jonu Smith instantly becomes the best tight end they have, and Cam Newton's got to be feeling pretty good yeah. about the decision he made last week. Right.
3: Well, I mean, these guys are, you know, like we said, they can, they can run reverses, they can run slants, they can run go-routes. You know, they can run intricate double moves, you know, so they have everything. You're not going to be able to pin one guy to one certain thing or do any of that. You know, in New England, that's the type of receivers they like traditionally. And, you know, we heard a lot as far as, like, I bet you my buddy Kyle Shanahan's disappointed he lost Kendrick Bourne. I I, I can promise you that. he li- I mean, he liked what he brought to the table. There's a lot of good things he does. He does. He's the kind of guy you want on your roster at the receiver position, one of your first three guys, because of like we talked about some of the things he can do. We talked about, we heard Gruden all year gush about Aguilar, even after the season. I love that guy. I want him back. All of those things. But this is where having extra money comes into play and like it goes into like the Galladay thing, right? Well, we're not going to overpay for a superstar who's you know, going to be able to demand this crazy money and do that. But we're going to find maybe teams like the Raiders and the 49ers who got other needs and got other things they got to do. And yeah, they might want to resign these players, but we got some extra change. So maybe we really like them. Let's bid the Raiders and the 49ers out of this and throw them a little bit more money than those teams can afford. And now we get them. And we don't even have to spend nearly the same amount of money as a Kenny Galladay. And that's the New England way to me. They got two for the price of almost one is probably how they're looking at it, knowing New England. And uh, that's their logic. And that's why they've been so great for so long. And uh, they're, they're going to surprise some people. I think it's going to fit with what cam newton and that offense really should look like and what they wanted it to look like last year with those receivers jonu smith a really good offensive line to go with and pretty good running back group there you know the new england's trying to set themselves up and at least it looks pretty good on paper and
2: hey the one thing that bill belichick has finally learned over 20 years of swinging and missing in the draft for receivers forget about that that's right get free proven commodities who have shown (laughs) they can get it done even if the jury is still out on how good Nelson Aguilar is because it has been a mixed bag and they're hoping and believing that they can take this player and get him to perform like he did in 2020 with the Raiders not yeah and again it wasn't bad but it wasn't great during his time no right he got everybody jumped
3: on him Right. I mean, everybody just it was like one of the it was almost Carson Wentz ish. Right. A little bit, Mike. I mean, where it just people jumped on all over him. And, you know, don't forget this aspect with these two guys that we're talking about at receiver. Uh, They got to see them and study them this year in person. You know, they played the 49ers. They played the Raiders. So they got a good look at what those guys were on film, too, to where I bet you that made Belichick and company feel even better. Oh, we, we're studying them all week, getting ready to play for them. All right, now we get to see them in person. Ooh, I like them. And then, of course, it comes back to free agency. Let's sit down and watch the film. Oh, yeah, I remember seeing him in person. I like that. Ooh, man, he does this well. And that, that, I don't think there's any coincidence to that either. You know, there is, There's common knowledge, I feel like, with these guys a little bit. Devon Godshaw from Miami. You know, I know Matthew Judon, but at least it's a 3-4 Baltimore Ravens type defense. So it all makes sense as far as the way New England plays.
2: And when you look at Nelson Aguilar's production, he had career high in receiving yards last year with 896 and his average, his average skyrocketed. It more than doubled. His last year in Philly, he had 9.3 yards per reception last year. 18.7 yards per catch. That tells you amazing, right? And he was only targeted 13 more times in Las Vegas last year than he was in Philadelphia in 2019. So uh, never had a thousand yard season. No, his his high in receptions was 64 in his fourth year, 2018, with the Eagles. But uh, and that's the other thing he brings. He he brings a, a ring into the he's been the around right he was part of that Super Bowl championship right. team and and he so he knows what it takes to climb to the top of the mountain and you know you as you as you cycle out the roster in New England and they're now three years removed from the last time they won it all you, it kind of helps to have a little bit of that pedigree floating around guys who know how to get there because it used to be you know 80 percent of your locker room had climbed to the top of the mountain in New England now those number you see how a team turns around and turns right. over You're getting fewer and fewer guys in there that know what it feels like to get their hands on the trophy. That's something Aguilar knows.
3: Yeah, winning winning pedigree, definitely. And, you know, to to the stats you talked about, Mike, you know, again, it's just another example of like, hey, maybe Philly and their offense wasn't all that special and maybe they didn't really know how to use the guy because he goes to the Raiders and becomes one of the best big play wide receivers in all of football. And, you know, that's where... I challenge some of my New England friends and go like, no, 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 be excited. Be excited. There was issues with that Philly offense. Okay, the Raiders offense was a little bit better. And you saw a guy like Gruden who knows how to design plays and routes for certain guys with certain skill sets and go, I'll get you open here. You know, you got the tools and I'll find a creative way here. Josh McDaniels is the same way. And that's what's uh, that's what's exciting. And, you know, Kendrick Bourne has a little bit of that in, in him as well. You know, maybe not quite the deep threat, but a lot of 10, 15, 20 yard gains to scare you that way. Um, so, I mean, way to go. I, I, that's all I could say. New England doing the unexpected as usual. I mean, that's what you know, that, that's what we should say. You, you said it yesterday. You're like, look, they, don't, they won't be involved in next week. And then you even laughed and you're like, hey, watch today will be the day they do it. And uh, Of course, it was.
2: Yeah. I, I, no, I was stunned by it. And, right. and I thought it was just when I saw Johnny Smith, it's like, all right, that's one. Man. Yeah, no, right. They're not going to do more. Deal, right. and, and then it keeps coming and it keeps coming. And and the, and the Matthew Judon, It's like, holy crap. Yeah, they are going all in. They are spending that money. And I think when you are so used to being one of the best teams in football and in the conversation and right. relevant and you get that one year where it does feel like you went thir- three and thirteen where you get the the cold water, you get the Deion Sanders on Tim McCarver, the ice water dumped on your head repeatedly, and you're not relevant. And they're talking all year long about the, the Chiefs, the Steelers, the Ravens, all these teams but you. And you got the cap space and the cash. See, the cash is part of this too. Right. There's plenty of teams with cap space. But just because you have cap space – doesn't mean that the person who owns the team has the cash to do anything. Yeah, about that's it. right. We've Mike. been in a pandemic for more than a year. Right. Last year, every player on the roster got a hundred cents on the dollar. You didn't. You got a lot less than a hundred cents on the dollar because, for example, New England, they didn't have fans all year long.
3: Yeah.
2: Robert Kraft's got the cash. He he's not one of these, you know family owned well it's family owned but he didn't he he hasn't owned the patriots for years and that's the focal point of his business he's got many other business interests that have made him a multi-billionaire right he can pump the cash in some of these other owners with the cap space can't Khalil and I had someone tell me that I had someone tell me that last week just because we got cap space doesn't mean we doesn't mean we got the money we got the cap space but if you can't write the check it doesn't matter the, for the Patriots, they still can. And they and they did. That's the thing. It's a top-to-bottom determination where Kraft's on board. Belichick's got the plan. They're ready to go, and they did it. And um, regardless of what happens September through December, it's it's amazing to see it because we've never seen it before.
3: No, we've never seen it before, but, you know, they improved their football team at the very least. They really did. Uh, you know, these aren't like, oh, we're just signing guys to make the fans happy, do anything like that. Yeah, there was a splash effect yesterday, but it all makes sense within the New England way and how they play. And like you said, you know, they were seven and nine last year. They're a lot closer to the top than the bottom. They lost some heartbreakers. They had the COVID thing. They could have easily been 10 and six easily. So I would say just the way it looks, watch out for New England. I mean, they're not dead, and I don't care if Cam Newton's the quarterback or not. I still got faith in him there, too, and they got the support around him, and he'll have a full offseason, and uh, I I fully expect New England to be relevant all year next year. The Jets fan who's producing this show Uh has heard enough about
2: the Patriots and wants us to move on. What a shock. Well, the Jets made some headlines yesterday, although the the Patriots uh, uh, commandeered the day. A couple of guys joining the Jets day one, big contracts. Receiver Corey Davis from the Titans, a top five pick four years ago, no option picked up in Tennessee for Davis. He becomes a member of the Jets in anticipation of whatever they do at quarterback. Right. They stand pat with Sam Darnold or go after your guy, Zach Wilson. And then one of the top edge rushers in a class that had plenty of edge rushers, plenty of them did deals yesterday. Carl Lawson makes the jump from Cincinnati to New York on a deal that pays $45 million over three years. And the sneaky Jared Davis signing. Yeah. Watch for Jared Davis. There was a belief throughout the league that the Lions never used him right. He was a first-round pick in 2017, 19th yeah. overall. One-year, $7 million deal. He, and this is a strategic deal by him and by the team. They think this guy is going to take off in Robert Sala's defense. So the Jets doing what they have to do to lay the foundation for using that second overall pick and making their
3: team better in Salah's first year as the head coach. Definitely. Like, I mean, r- really the the team that I look at with the second most impressive day in free agency yesterday, other than New England, and they made sense as far as what it does to their football team. You know, first off, like you talk about Corey Davis, Michael LaFleur came from the 49ers. Kendrick Bourne was that guy for him. Now they got Corey Davis. He can run all those routes and do everything we kind of just talked about, you know, with him up in New England. So that fits within what they're going to do. You know, yeah, enough speed to scare you deep, but really awesome at everything else too. Great route runner, can go over the middle. You know, we saw him explode onto the scene last year. You know, but a similar stat line a little bit, Mike, to the guy like Nelson Aguilar you're talking about too. Got a little of everything. So that makes sense for the Michael LaFleur Shanahan system. You know, got even a Pat Elfline for the interior part of the O-line because they're going to run the Shanahan run system. So you need good athletes there. Elfline can kind of do that. But then you talk about the defense, Mike, and, you know, Jared Davis, like you said, he was a guy I talked about on my podcast last week as being that guy where I went, like, he could be the guy who signs for bigger money and everybody goes, wait, what, How? Who? who is he? What? How did that happen? Yeah, it was a one-year proven deal. But he's going to be their Fred Warner, right? Or that 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 Bobby Wagner presence. And he's a freak of nature. He was used the wrong way up in Detroit. I mean, he really is. I would be shocked if he doesn't thrive in that in that system where he gets to fly around and be like Robert Sala. And then they need their pass rusher. We know what the 49ers did with their pass rushers in Sala two years ago. And Lawson, like, has had a little bit of an injury history. But man, he's a rocket. He's a ball of muscle off the edge. And he can get after the quarterback. So, Good players, system fit, smart buying by the Jets and Joe Douglas to start free agency. It really was. Best edge rusher they've had
2: since John Abraham. Muhammad Wilkerson had some sack numbers from the interior position 2013-2015, double-digit years for him. But Abraham, the last guy from the outside Man. to get it done for the Jets. Right. So it's A- it's, hey, between that and the possibility of getting a franchise quarterback and Zach Wilson, the guy from BYU that you think – and, and this is this is not light praise that you throw around when you mention a guy like Mahomes or Rodgers in comparison to Wilson, but the Jets could be on the verge of, of figuring things out in a way that they haven't in a very long time. Yeah. So when you throw in where the Bills are and what they've accomplished, where the Dolphins are and what they're in the process of accomplishing – what the Patriots are trying to do to reestablish themselves and the Jets, who are the stragglers but are
3: are hauling ass to catch up. Right. AFC East got a lot more interesting yesterday. It definitely did. You know, you you I, I mean, I of course I look at New England just on paper and I go, okay, yeah, the Bills are still the number one team in the division, but I'm not putting New England too far behind. I'm not. you know, And of course, the Dolphins right there, too. Now, they didn't make a ton of moves or do anything like that yesterday. They're kind of trying to figure out their next moves, it seems like. But wow. And yeah, the Jets are, it seems like, on the right path. Hey, we love the head coach hiring. You know, I think we're both believers in Joe Douglas and, and what he can do there. We'll see how he does with all these picks in the draft and the quarterback situation and all that. But yeah, on the up and up, certainly. But you know, if, if I'm the Bills or the Dolphins, I perked up yesterday. One, yeah, the Jets look better, but ooh, the Patriots got some really good players, spent some money, and changed around their football team too to where it's going to be a lot more competition at the top of that division.
2: Let's take a break. When we return, Drew Brees, by all appearances, specifically targeted Sunday to announce his retirement. The problem is the Drew Brees love fest couldn't last very long because the Saints and everyone else had to get down to the business of signing free agents. And by the end of the day, the Saints had figured out what their post-Brees plan will be. We'll talk about that. Plus, another significant quarterback move when PFT Live continues right after
1: Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.
2: What was it that you saw from Jameis Winston, coach, that that made you think, this is a guy who can compete to be a starting quarterback in my offense?
3: He was a fantastic leader for our team. Uh, very supportive and loyal in that room. Uh, I think close with the quarterbacks. Um, and coming in, in in just his first year, I, I, I think he endeared himself to, to his teammates. Uh, he's, he's a tremendous worker. Um, and he's got a, a, a ton of talent.
1: So, you know, he, he, he made a great impression on us.
2: Oh, and he did make a good impression, uh, Jameis Winston, making it clear that he is back with the New Orleans Saints for 2021. The initial report, up to $12 million on a one-year deal for Jameis Winston. When the base value isn't part of the leak to Shefty, and he just runs with that up to $12 million, that tells you the base value is nothing to brag about and that there's a lot of incentives in there. So to get the $12 million, Jameis has to be... On the field, and Taysom Hill is getting at least 12 million now guaranteed. The great irony in this, Chris, because when Taysom Hill's ridiculous, phony new contract came right. out Sunday and it caused people to think that he was making 35 million a year on an extension, which was all baloney and bogus and BS, I said, What is Taysom Hill getting out of this? What's he getting out of this? Number one, he's getting all of his money, it's all guaranteed. Number two, He's creating $7.75 million in cap space so the Saints can improve the team around him. And then they took that cap space and they used it on Jameis Winston, who's going to now try to <laughs> compete with and en- en- and Taysom Hill being the-, the jack-of-all-trades backup that he was, not the starter that he'd like to be.
3: No, I, I mean, you- you're right, but it's everything we talked about yesterday. It just makes too much sense. It really does. If you're Jameis Winston, why would you not want to go back there? You know, As we've discussed a few times, you're with Sean Payton. It's a quarterback in front of you that's unproven. He gets in a lot of car crash-type hits when he carries the football. I mean, this is the spot for Jameis Winston. So I'm just glad that it got done for his sake because I think we both looked at it and said, no, this is the right move. Don't go somewhere and take fool's gold just because, ooh, it's a little extra money. Or I got a you know a chance to to really be the starter here. Okay, but you know, let's not be on a, a starter for a team that's not gonna show or be able to show your abilities and give you the support that way. So it's the perfect, the absolute perfect spot there. And you know, we know. Look at this offense. Just everything they do. Sean Payton, it's it's a recipe for success, week in, week out. It doesn't matter who's in at quarterback. The quarterbacks put up good numbers and that's got to appeal to any backup quarterback. So I'm glad to see Jameis Winston go there and, and good for the Saints too because you know they wanted him back as well.
2: I've never seen one player's reputation affected more by one play than Jameis Winston. With the, the trick overtime play? interception. Oh, no. that play. The yeah. overtime interception, yeah. 2019. Yeah. We're watching the games. I said, here we go. Here comes number 30. Here it comes. Remember that? Yeah. Here it comes. And there it came. And, and if boom. he hadn't thrown that third, if he hadn't thrown that thirtieth interception in 2019, I think there's just a different vibe about Jameis Winston. This guy has a 5,000 yard passing season on his resume. He was the first overall pick in the draft. In his second season, he was on an MVP whisper track, and they were winning games. They they had a Sunday night game that was flexed into prime time. Cowboys Bucks. They gave the Cowboys everything they could handle. That was the first year of Dak and Zeke and the Cowboys were really good, and they lost that game, and the Bucks kind of fell apart after that. And that's been the problem, the bigger problem with Winston. This is what Bruce Arians eventually articulated. December is when you step up, not step off. Right. And too many times Winston steps off in December. But but I feel like that one interception, that one throw, has caused so many people to just assume he's garbage. He's not. He's not. That, and that, that doesn't mean he's going to be the starter. Yeah. He's He's got to win the job, and then he's got to prove it. But – Let's just not write this guy off because he had a 30 intercept. He's the first 30-30 guy in league history. He 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 still has shown that he can be good and he's with a quarterback
3: coach who can make him great. Yeah, no doubt. I, I mean, what he did with like what to like what you're saying, he gave everybody like the the headline of the narrative, right? Like that's what he did. Oh, 30 for 30. He's 30-30. 30-30. Oh, you know, He's careless with the football. Look at that last play, that 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 you know, that last game he started as a starter. Oh, yep, yeah, that's right. Interception, pick six. That's how they lost it. He let every he let the narrative, you know, become real that way. And listen, it, it should be to a degree. He was careless with the football at a lot of the times. You t- used to talk about it all the time. He didn't know when to abandon, you know, ship and just throw the ball away, let the play die, take the sack, punt the ball, whatever. You know, that's where he really struggled. But To your point, I mean, the playmaking that he has shown throughout his career is real. And there's been glimmers of really, more than glimmers, like you're saying, really like some moments of a few weeks in a row of consistent, really awesome quarterback play. And I know we talked about it last year when he was a free agent and we tossed it around because you and I were hearing the same things. There was, I think a lot of coaches – who were studying him coming off the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who were a little blown away by what they saw. I don't think they realized how good he was. All the good that you're talking about. You know, whoa, what a great throw. Whoa, the pocket's collapsing. Ooh, he moves better in the pocket than I thought. Ooh, look at him getting outside the pocket. Man, he's a better athlete than I thought. Whoa, what a throw again. You know, I think there was a lot of that. And that's what I think Sean Payton sees, and we're going to see. He's got his, if he's the real quarterback whisperer, if he can get Jameis Winston fixed. But I am hopeful of it. And uh, I see the talent like you do.
2: I'm glad you reminded me of that dynamic that always troubled me about Jameis Winston. And one of the very limited things that I can bring to this job from my own athletic experience is the effort consistently to try to do more than my body would let me do. So I know it when I see it. And that's the one thing I can spot, an athlete who is who is not aware of his or her own limitations. And I remember the first time I saw it with Jameis Winston, Florida State, Oregon, semifinal game, when right. it was that goofy thing where the referee fell down yeah, and the ball the slipped the ball out of went, his hand, yeah. right? It's like you just have to know where the limits of your God-given ability are, and you can't try to go beyond it. And that's been the fatal flaw for Jameis Winston. Far too often he tries to do more than he's capable of doing, and that is one thing that I'm sure... The fact that we haven't talked about it in a year, now it's not like he had a bunch of opportunities, but that's going to be something Sean Payton irons out. You can't do things that you just can't do. That's job number one. you got to figure out what you can do and stay within those boundaries, stay in that backyard. And if he just does that if he just masters that self-awareness on the field, he could be a hell of a lot better than he was
3: in Tampa. Definitely. Like just learning to, you know, call it quits on certain plays to realize, like John Gruden used to say, like, Hey, the defense won this play. There's nothing wrong with that. They got professionals. They got million dollar players over there too. They're going to win some of those plays, but when they win those plays, don't, you know, compound it and make it a disaster or that they totally dominate you because now you, you know, take a seven-yard sack or you try to force a ball because nobody's open and you try to do something that way. No, you know, that's where, like, Rogers and Brady are great. Oh, I'm about to get sacked. Let me throw it away. Oh, we're st- it, it's still second and eight, you know, or it's still second and ten. We're not in a bad spot, you know, something like that. Oh, man, everybody's covered. There's nothing there. Okay, okay, let me give it one more pat to see if somebody else comes open. No, they're not. All right, I'm going to get the ball out of my hand. Get it away. All right, still second and ten. We're okay. We can still manage this situation. And I think that's really where Winston, you know, failed consistently, not having that kind of governor. And and, uh, I I hope he can get it straight, but he's certainly at the best spot, I think, for him to to kind of take advantage of, of his opportunity and his talents. One last point. There was a report last night that the
2: Bears had interest in Jameis Winston. Well, if they really wanted Jameis Winston as their starter, they could have gotten him because it's a five and a half million dollar base right. for Winston in New Orleans. And I, I, I'm, this time of year, I'm very skeptical about reports that never can be proven wrong. How can you prove wrong that the Bears were interested in Winston if that's the report? Right. How can you ever disprove right. that? Well, the Bears aren't going to hold a press conference and say that's false, and they're not going to bother right now. They're kind of busy with other crap to stop and say that's baloney. Because what happens is, Chris, and this is the challenge for everyone out there in this business who's chasing news, you got to calm down. No one's going to fire you because you don't have 50 scoops. Don't don't reach. Don't press. Don't embellish. Don't take something that's just a tiny little nugget and blow it up into something more. So – you know, your name gets on the crawl at the bottom of the screen. And and I'm always that first day or two of free agency. I'm always watching to see who gives into that temptation. Sure. When they see all the it's all flying fast and furious. And and uh, I got to add something to this. Oh, the Bears were interested in Jameis Winston. OK, thanks. Well, well, well done. The I, I know in Jameis Winston. You're,
3: Congratulations. You're I mean, you're right. You got to be careful. It's like we always talk about this is a time of the year. You don't want to really listen to agents a whole lot. Cause you don't know what you know. They're they're selling you a bill. How many how many guys took less than they could have gotten elsewhere? Yeah. they all did. Right, right. It's a, the bill of goods, everything like that. No doubt about it. They're they're going to sell you, you know, on that player or or the market that there is for him. And that was one when you see it and you just go, you got to go. You got to be able to like sift through the crap and the baloney there and go like that doesn't make sense. I mean, you know, Nagy and Pace. They have a quarterback stigma all over them. Are they really going to bring in Jameis Winston and go, this is the guy we're going to stake our claim to? This is the guy. That's a disaster for both. I mean, just on base level, common sense, NFL knowledge, that's where you got to just a little go. Wait, that doesn't make sense for the Bears. It doesn't make sense for Jameis Winston. Can that really be real? And uh, I think that's what you're talking about here with this one.
2: Here's what is real. The Washington football team. Whoa. With a quarterback who has now crossed the threshold beyond 25% of the league. He's up to team number nine. That's insane. Ryan Fitzpatrick on a one-year $10 million deal reportedly with incentives that would take it to 12 million. Twice what he was making with the Dolphins, which may tell us everything we need to know about whether or not he's the guy. He joins the depth chart with Kyle Allen and taylor heineke and he's clearly the best guy walking through the door and there's ryan fitzpatrick a long time ago and look at it i thought charlie whitehurst had a hell of a transformation during his time in the nfl i mean this guy's been around almost as long as tom brady and he's been with all these different teams most recently the dolphins where he was the relief pitcher a position that you ideally wouldn't have on a football team no baseball, yes, but you want your quarterback to be able to finish the game. This isn't about needing to wrap your arm in ice. This is, hey, we need a spark, and Fitzpatrick brings it. My only concern about Fitzpatrick, when you go all in and make him your guy, yeah, inevitably, inevitably, Fitzmagic becomes Fitztragic, and you start looking to see who else you could put on the field. That happens
3: everywhere he's the starter. It, it ha You're right. You know, I, I guess you could maybe look at Miami. A little, Mike. I don't know. Do you agree? Did that happen in Miami? It might be the first place where I went. Like, okay, it didn't totally. It didn't become Fitz tragic. It didn't, but it wasn't great. They knew last year. They, they knew did. last yes. year
2: when to use him and when to get him out. Right, no that doubt was about
3: the key. it. They did. That was the key. And and you know, hey, ten million dollars. You know, Washington. That's position. That team right now. I mean, I don't know what they're going to do. It's going to be interesting to see. You know, they're sitting in no man's land like we talked about last week as far as the NFL draft's concerned with 20. I don't know if it's be, somebody will be there that you can just say, oh, we're going to be able to play him this year. His contract tells you that, ooh, you know, yeah, it's really good backup money, yet, you know, if you do play, it's, okay, it's pretty good money there and we're going to let you earn more. So it makes sense from all angles. One, it makes sense for Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah, you got a chance to maybe be the starter once again. And then for Washington, you know, again, Mike, that's one of those teams when we hit the NFC East a few weeks ago, the more you kind of dig into them, you just go, man, Washington's close. It's not far away here. You know, there's a lot of good things to like about their football team here. And, of course, they still have some money to spend, and and we'll see where it all goes. But it makes sense for them, and I think it makes sense for Ryan Fitzpatrick.
2: Here's, here's what I like about this, too. To the extent Washington is plotting – To try to take a quarterback. If there's a guy they fall in love with who they think may be there at nineteen. Right. Having Fitzpatrick now makes it far less glaring as the picks start to go 13, 14, 15, 16. If you're in the twenties or out of round one and there's a guy you love who's sliding toward nineteen, yeah. If it's just Kyle Allen and Taylor Heineke, you may as well have a billboard outside of your facility saying, Hey, watch us take a quarterback at nineteen. So somebody knows they got to get to eighteen minimum. To keep that from happening now with Fitzpatrick it's it's yeah, less obvious right. that you got to get in front of 19 and that would be the irony for Fitzpatrick for the second straight year here comes a first round quarterback to marginalize me and relegate me eventually to the bench once the rookie's ready and possibly to become the relief pitcher if the rookie struggles but at least he's getting 10 million this year as as uh, compensation for possibly being jerked around by a coaching staff that won't go all in with him I'd love to see what happens if they go all in just treat this year as all in it's Ryan Fitzpatrick let's ride it as far as we can and if he gets injured then we got Heineken we got Allen but let's go all in with Fitzpatrick and see where he can take us I mean this is a team that won the division this is a team that like you said they're not that far off it was just one of those moves that once it happened it was like the clouds part
1: yeah you're like why didn't i sun think of that shines, right. and
2: you're like this is awesome yeah right
1: no
3: it, it, to- it totally is and mike i think you kind of you know you're spot on it takes that pressure away you know yeah i you knew you can go into the year and just go these are our quarterbacks so what you know We're going to play the same way we did last year, except, you know, hopefully they'll get them a few more weapons than than maybe Alex Smith and, and Kyle Allen had. You know, we talked about they need another receiver to go opposite of Terry McLaurin. You do that, you got Ryan Fitzpatrick, who at this point of his career is better than Alex Smith and can make more plays with his arm and do those type of things. I mean, again, I think that's on the table to what you're saying unless maybe the right quarterback falls in their lap via the trade or you know, maybe like you're talking about at pick 19. Maybe it's one of those things where one of these quarterbacks is there to be had maybe early in the second round and they trade up there to get them. I don't know. They got a lot of different avenues now, though, but they're not like pushed in the corner to what you're saying here. There's options, and they can also just go, eh, we'll stand pat with what we got. We'll kind of see and use 2021 to figure out our next move for our quarterback for 2022 and so on. Quick break.
2: Some protection for a couple of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. We'll talk about that when PFT Live continues right after this. Patrick Holmes, very happy to have Joe Tooney in the fold. As one of the blockers. So, that picture from last week of Patrick Mahomes versus 11 guys, you can add another guy there. You can add Joe Tooney. He has a five year, $80 million deal. Practical matter, it's three years, 48 Chris for firm. After that, it's up to the Chiefs to continue it. But, uh, good deal for him and the Chiefs, and also Corey Lindsley making the jump from Aaron Rodgers to Justin Herbert couple of great blockers to protect a couple of great quarterbacks in the AFC West yeah
3: I mean we know it the Chiefs need you know help on the offensive line we saw that they're kind of rebuilding it all together you know releasing the two tackles and Schwartz and Fisher so going to be interested to see what Andy Reid does there he's got an eye for the offensive lineman as we know though I'm sure there's a plan here and some probably some guys on their roster that they really like and then Mike man you're right the Chargers Herbert Yeah. Lindsley's the best center in football. He's number one. Even then signing Matt Filer from the the Pittsburgh Steelers to go along with it. You could see they are going to protect Justin Herbert. They know how special he is. You give him some time, he'll tear you apart.
2: Filer was starting right tackle 2019, starting left guard twenty twenty Flexibility for the Chargers. We'll be right back.
1: Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-point at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment.